Hello and welcome to another episode, episode number 18 of HearthCast, a podcast for the average World of Warcraft player with your host, Root. And Freckleface. In this episode, we'll be talking about the ins and outs of game immersion. We'll be your main content for the week. We're also going to go over Root's auction house tip. Um, Freckleface is fishing for wishes. We'll throw in an add-on of the week, Adopt-A-Pet, and we'll uh, tell you a little uh, funny story there at the end. Funny story's always good. There. And then we'd like to thank you personally for listening to this podcast and making it what it is today. A quick shout-out to our guildmates over on Whisperwind and Gorgonosh, both of them for the time being. And we also want to give a shout-out to um, a few people, uh, Lumia, Sniper. Sugarface and Oma. And there's something particular about Sugarface that you want to talk about uh, with that shout out there, isn't there, Freckleface? There is. There is a comic strip out called PajamaForest.com. It's an internet comic. And lately it's been featuring stuff about World of Warcraft and uh, Sugarface was written, a, written about in that comic strip and I just found it particularly amusing. So check it out. It's PajamaForest.com. Now... You know, your name being Freckleface, her name being Sugarface. Any relation? Oh, somewhat. Uh, for, this is someone I know in real life, and oh, okay. I think at some point she was told that she had to follow the tradition of the faces and make at least one character that ended with face. So, so that's over on PajamaForest.com, and it is a pretty humorous uh, World of Warcraft comic, so give that a look and uh, let them know that you were sent there from uh, us over here at HearthCast.com. As always, our website is www.hearthcast.com. You can email us at contribute at hearthcast.com. You can use our submission form on our website. And you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash hearthcast. You can also call us. Our voicemail line is 321-558-7637. And want to do a quick shout out again to uh, Azeroth United. Uh, this is a charitable uh, organization, and they're having an event. The first event is going to be a donation drive for Child's Play. It's their first annual Hearts, Hands, and Voices for Child's Play charity. More information can be found out about this over at AzerothUnited.com. We are lending our voices here to Azeroth United's first annual Hearts, Hands, and Voices for Child's Play charity. You can give your heart, hand, and voice and support for Child's Play by visiting AzerothUnited.com. You can also call their Twisted Nether voicemail line at 407-705-3161. And again, let them know that we sent you over there to support this cause. So, Freckleface, what is going on with you this week in the World of Warcraft? Well, this week um, I'm still leveling my mage. Um, about level 73 and a half, okay. I would say. Um, but I've had a pretty interesting time because I finally connected with uh, some of my IRL friends that uh, started playing WoW and we never really uh, like actually grouped together. So that finally happened today. We had about four of us that uh, knew each other in real life. So that was pretty fun. You know, we'll have to get uh, them in here one of these days on the podcast. Absolutely. So, if you guys are listening, we're talking about you, so... All right, you, so... what? know who you are. So, what's been going on with you, Root? Well, I created a new bank tune over in Whisperwind. And we're going to do a little experiment uh, with this character. And that experiment is, I'm going to be fronted 100 gold. Or, let me rephrase that, you are going to invest 100 gold... Uh, with in, in, into this character, 
and with nothing else, uh, no, nobody else sending him materials, uh, doing nothing else except playing the auction house. No skills, no gathering. No skills, no gathering, just simply playing the auction house with a $100 gold investment. We're going to see, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll have updates on a weekly basis on how much gold this tune can derive from just auction house. And then I'm talking about not getting anything from any other characters. Nobody's going to send this guy anything to sell in the auction house. It's just all 100 gold invested and see what kind of profit we can make just playing the auction house. So we're really going to put your skills to the test. We are. Absolutely. So that's what's been going on. We will be giving weekly updates uh, on this in addition to the auction house tips. We'll throw in what uh, what Fat Wallet, and that's a guy's name, uh, we'll be talking about what Fat Wallet is doing over on the servers there. All right, and with Blizzard, uh, what's new with Blizzard? Well, the cool thing is Battle.net is now man- it's going to be mandatory. Uh, what is it, November 12th or something? Um, it's mandatory. You will have to convert your account over to Battle.net. And I've been on this kick for several months. Ever back since when people were talking about having their accounts hacked, we had you know people in our guild... Uh, claim to have their accounts, well, not hacked, compromised. And my big thing was get a Battle.net account and get the authenticator. We've known for a long time now that Blizzard was going to make this mandatory. So this isn't like brand new news. It's not something that should take anybody by surprise, but it's coming up. we got less than a month to go, and you will have to have your account done and converted over to Battle.net by then. However, as you know, and you pointed this out to me because I didn't know about it, they're going to give you something for doing so. What is that? That is a new pet penguin. Now, we have a friend of ours, a Sniper, I believe, who is a penguin addict. Very much so. So I'm sure he will be pleased as punch that this is going to be available. So hopefully he'll have his account over, uh, converted over there before November 12th. Also, I've heard, I haven't confirmed this yet, but I have heard that uh, if you've already got a Battle.net account, you get grandfathered in for the penguin. So we'll see. Oh, yes. Um, another interesting thing that came out, there was a blue post um, on the forums that hinted at the possibility of race changes coming soon, paid race changes. Correct. Yeah, and that's something you and I kind of talked about a while back is wouldn't it be neat if. And it's a segment you and I have actually toyed about having on here is it wouldn't be neat if segment of things we would like to see the World of Warcraft do or Blizzard do in, in the game. And we talked about that. Wouldn't it be neat if you could change your race? Because there's a lot of times that, yeah, I like my class. But had I known, you know, I rolled, I rolled a gnome. Had I known on the PvP server how much of a hated class the Horde hates gnomes, had I known that, I would have either done one of two things. I would have named him Root, I would have named him Horde Magnet, <laughs> or I just wouldn't roll a mage. Because it seems like I am the target, first and foremost, is anywhere I go. Well, so, you're so little. I mean, the, the big people come up and they just want to punch you. They do. We talk about you that. Know, and I'm uh, just a little squishy and it bothers me. Well, I enjoy being a gnome, but... Oh, I love being a gnome. Me. I just didn't know I was going to attract that much negative attention. <laughs> so that's all. But it's going to be cool. If Yeah, it's probably going to be a pay type thing. And just change your race. Change your, you know, it's going to be pretty soon where if you're just not happy, they'll let you change. Because the bottom line of it is they want to make money. They want to sure. keep you paying that money. So I just want to see how... Uh, how are they going to integrate all that? So there's probably, you know, it's probably some gnomish invention. You have to go to Iron Forge and it's going to zap you into another race or something. Oh, uh, that'd be funny. If they incorporated the lore in there, it would be kind of neat. All right, so do we have any email questions this week? We do have an email from Nortron, the Blood Elf Warlock of Karn. 
And what he says is, I know that voice chat can be extremely useful in the game, but I've had a terrible time trying to get it to work on two different systems. Both of these computers are high-end systems I built personally to play World of Warcraft. One of them has a generic headset and microphone, and the other has an expensive surround sound headset with microphone. The only luck I've had is with the generic headset, and my friends can only hear me at very low levels and intermittently. I have checked my sound card settings, volume, and mic levels, and to the best of my ability, I've had no luck. What have your experiences been using voice chat? Have you found that certain headsets work better than others? Obviously, I'm not going to be able to diagnose the actual hardware issue you're having. Um, those are tons of things that could be the issues there. Plus, he doesn't do it for free. That too. <laughs> Email me. No. Uh, but I will tell you this. There are a lot of times where your operating system is not what's controlling your sound card. So you may have settings in your control panel or your system preferences for your sound card. But if it's high-end sound card, a lot of times they have their own software controlling it. So make sure that you're checking in both places. Also look into the application itself, which will, in this case, World of Warcraft, and look for the settings there. Now, experience in voice chat. We're going to talk about that a little bit coming up here in it when we're talking about immersion. But I've had pros and cons. I don't know about frequency. I've had pros and cons with voice chat. Uh, not the quality. The quality's always been good once you get dialed in and everything's fine. Everybody has those initial, I'm too loud, I'm too soft, I sound like I'm talking underwater, whatever the case might be. Everybody goes through that. But once you get it dialed in, I kind of like it. What I don't like about it is sometimes I'll use the external speakers to listen, and I'll use a microphone, and I'll use, always use a boom mic, by the way. Don't use a regular microphone, just a boom mic coming over your head right in front of your mouth. Um, problem has been... Um, I can't control the content rating of the other speakers. And I might sound like an old fuddy-duddy here, but I've got a, a son and a daughter who are in elementary school. And if I'm playing World of Warcraft and I'm using the voice chat, I'm on Ventrilo or whatever server I'm on, and my kids are in the room and some guy drops an F-bomb, it's a little uncomfortable for me. Now, I know the easy answer there is headsets. You know, you use a boom mic with a headset, great, that's fine, but... Yeah, I can't control the content on there. That's the only drawback I have. What about you, Freckleface? Well, I haven't particularly enjoyed using voice chat. I remember being very excited about it when it first came out because theoretically it kind of got rid of the need to form a raid to do Wintergrasp or some other battleground because you could simply talk to anyone that was in there. So I did a few times where I'd get in the channel and say, Hello, hello. No one would ever answer back. And I found the quality to be much worse than using Ventrilo. And that is typically what I would get on to chat with guildmates or uh, join a raid. But I've pretty much just used Logitech. Um, I like headsets. I don't like game noise. So I usually turn that off and just listen to um, the people talking on Ventrilo. So... I haven't had any like big problems with it, but I also don't really like voice chat in and of itself. Right now, I think you and I are both in agreement that we prefer an external system versus the in-game voice chat. Yes. Um, I've only had to use the in-game voice chat a couple times for like guild meetings, where everybody's wanting to get... Then you have people talking over each other, which is kind of hectic. As far as um, you and I, we've done a lot of times when we've run each other through instances or areas or... We had a little, uh, when we had our, our death nights, we messed around with the death nights, 
we did a lot of voice chatting there, but that was just because it was easier than typing back and forth. Uh, in groups, I kind of prefer it. Uh, we went through, uh, as a guild, uh, we went through one of the heroic instances, and the guy who was running the whole thing was very, it was, uh, it was Randy. And he was very systematic of who was where and what you were doing, make sure everybody looted. And I appreciated that because the level of communication was so much higher. I knew exactly what we were supposed to do. Uh, we got in situations we weren't familiar with, and he'd been there before. He would set us up, we'd attack, we'd win most of the time. So I did like it. Now, do headsets work better than others, or some headsets work better than others? I'm a, Lo a Logitech fan for as far as headsets go. I've got a, it's called a gamer headset from Logitech, and it plugs in USB. So you get your, you have one USB port that you use, and you have a headset and a microphone coming out of the USB port. I prefer that one, um, just myself. Now, I know that has the full ear covering headset, and that can get a little warm at times. I'm a big guy, I sweat. That happens. So I get like, you know, sweaty ears, which is kind of nasty, I know. But you guys have to live with that thought. I don't. I, I have to live with the actual experience. Now, you guys got to be thinking, Root's got sweaty ears. But I know I I'm just not, inflicted that on all of us. I did. But you know, I'm not the only guy that happens, so I can't be. Um, I've tried some other headsets, but, you know, I don't like stuff stuck in my ears, like earbuds. I don't like that. Um, so, and I don't care if it messes up my hair. So, yeah, I got the big old honking over-my-ear uh, headpiece. Well, hopefully that answered the question. <laughs> if it didn't, you know, I think we're, we're on good there. Yeah, check your, make sure you got the right settings. I know you said you've gone over it a lot. Just make sure that you're looking in the right places for it. And, uh, yeah, go with Logitech. That's that's our unpaid uh, professional opinion on that. <laughs> All right, moving on to our main content, the content of the week. Um, what have you found out about immersion? Well, first of all, we need to define what immersion is. I know we talked about this a little bit last week, what we're going to talk about. You know, what is what is it in the game that makes you get hooked on the game? Um, and, you know, do you feel for your character? Um, do you believe what your character is going through? So immersion is, by definition, the suspension of, of belief. You've got to let yourself go a little bit. Uh, do I look at it and go, yeah, that's my character in a game that I'm playing, and I'm very, is, is it a superficial relationship that I have with that character? Or do I let, my go, do I let myself go into there? So you make a conscious decision to accept what is presented to you via the game as something that is really happening. Um, you form an emotional attachment to your character, uh, to whatever that's going on. And this happens not just in, in a game of World of Warcraft, but this can happen in a book, in a movie, in a TV show, in whatever. You, you develop a, a personal relationship with what's going on. You know, how many people cried at the end of Old, old Yeller? You know, that was a huge immersion into that, into that movie. Um, and it really becomes something that you associate yourself with 100%. Now, a throwback here is going back to Star Trek Next Generation. And I know not everybody's a big Star Trek fan, but here's the thing. From the writer's standpoint and from the immersion standpoint, Star Trek got it right. With one thing that they introduced in Star Trek Next Generation, that is the holodeck. That's where you go into this little room, and it's a computer grid, and it uh, simulates holograms all around you in three-dimensional uh, setting that allows you to completely immerse yourself in this world that it creates around you. From a writer's standpoint, it's great because it gives them literally unlimited content to create. From a Star Trek world, it was a great type of thing because 
it allowed us to see our characters in different lights and different venues. And, you know, not going too far into it, but they actually dealt with a lot of the, the, the social uh, repercussions of letting yourself go too far into an alternate reality. Because, you know, basically when you look at World of Warcraft, there are, are, are three levels of immersion that we deal with. First level is called engagement. This is someone who likes to play the game. They kind of know some stuff about the game. They can answer some questions. You were talking 10 hours a month type player. And, you know, if you look in the room, they might have the game box sitting up on their shelf for World of Warcraft. Yeah, I play. All right. And the next level? Your next level is engrossment. You've become engrossed with it. You want to play the game of World of Warcraft. You know all the names, all the races, all the classes. You've got them all down. You play about 10 hours a week. And you're, you might even have some computer wallpaper as World of Warcraft. So that's your second level. You've got engagement, you have engrossment. Your third level, total immersion. You need to play. You've gone from like to want to need. You know the names of the founding members of each race. You're that much into the lore. You play about eh, 10 hours a day or so, maybe less. And you typically will have a t-shirt or some other real-life uh, purchased product about, about the game. Now, said there's, you know, there's a little bit in jest there, but those are our three levels. Engagement, engrossment, and total immersion. And what you have to look at is immersion is all about the game's ability to manipulate our emotions without ever letting us see how they're doing it or really care how they're doing it. You know, are we playing a game... Or is our character really going up against that huge dragon with three heads that we've got to kill, we've got to loot, we've got to do this, we've got to do that? You know, are you scared that something's going to happen to your character? You know, are you, are you wanting to have that next item? And this does borderline. Once you get to the immersion level, I know a couple episodes ago we talked about being addicted to WoW. When someone's addicted to WoW, they are typically completely immersed in the game, which is not always a bad thing. So are you genuinely involved with your character, or are you just watching your character go through the paces? What kind of emotional investment are you making into this game? Um, now, obviously, the most immersive experience gaming-wise in the history of gaming, the one that's got it right in all the MMOs, has been World of Warcraft. Their sheer number of users explains that. The people who continue to pay and pay every month and make for it years. part of their lives. Yeah, for years. And it's part of their lives. That's why. And they hit it right. Before you even get the game. When you get the game and you take it home and you install it, there is lore already there. Years of it. Thousands of years of lore has already been created. So you're entering the storyline. So you're already, your character is already immersed into a storyline. It's not just here I am, let me go. It's here I am, but now I'm in this world that's been created. It's got some history, a lot of history. Why, why do these people hate these people? There's all this back story to it. And there are people who are, who are completely immersed in the lore aspect alone. So there's this huge, rich history that is, that is brought to us in Azeroth. Second thing that, that Blizzard's done right is aspiration. It's the dangling carrot. There's always something more to do. What do you, you know? You've got better gear. You've got uh, a new area to go explore. You have achievements to gain. You've got money to make. You've got pets to get. There's always something 
to do. And it may, you know, there are some people who get to that point, like we always talk about that wall you hit at 80. Well, they take care of that by new expansions coming out every couple of years. So you have that to look forward to. People always go, well, you know, I hit 80, now what? And you go, well, you know, here what? Within five years, we'll have an expansion. You go, oh, really? And so you hang on. And now you get your character all geared up and you're ready for that expansion. And now, you know, it's that carrot. But it's that emotional investment that you make and the ability to make that conscious decision to suspend your disbelief in what's going on and really get immersed into the game. So, Freckface, why do you think World of Warcraft is such an immersive experience? Well, there's there's a couple of things that uh, stand out for me. Um, one thing I noticed is... For one thing, the world itself is just vast. Going from one continent to another, it can take you, what, 30, 45 minutes? Yeah, from one side to the other. It's just a very large, you know, geographical area. And besides that, there's all the details to it. And I don't know if you've done this or just kind of been walking along and you see, you know, kind of a wreck or like the the ruins of a wreck or the ruins of a town or you see random skeletons and you kind of go... Hmm, I wonder what happened here. I do, but the only reason I do that, and I kind of, kind of go check it out, is it's old stuff from EverQuest where sometimes you'd find something laying on the ground. Oh, I see. Well, I'll give you an example in Tanaris, outside that little city. There's an old gallows, and there's skeletons hanging from it. Yes. And it's really odd, and there's no explanation for it, there's no quest for it. It's just kind of there, and it kind of makes you wonder what happened here. It gives the impression that... You know, there's history behind it, and it makes you kind of want to find out what happened in this area. Now, another thing is there they have a couple of mechanics in place to keep you logging in every day, which is part of that immersive experience. One thing is, you know, this, the time-sensitive events. You know, like there's Darkmoon Fair, there's the holiday battlegrounds, there's all like little holidays coming up, and we, and we do have a lot. We have the Halloween, the Thanksgiving, the Christmas one coming up. And there are quests available and achievements and items that you can only get in that certain period of time. If you don't log in, you miss out for the next year. You like all the costume characters coming out. You oh, yes. Turn your guildmates and party mates into different... I think I still have one in my bank from last year to turn I know in... I do. To turn it, people into a wisp. Well, the problem with that is, just so you know, ahead of time, don't do it in, like, a battle. If you're fighting somebody, because you typically can't cast out of that costume form. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I, I, I was, like, playing, and I turned a guy into a skeleton, and he died. And I got kicked out of that group. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, the other thing is dailies, and even though it's kind of repetitive, you know, if your goal is to get a certain amount of reputation or honor, you know that if you don't log in, you're missing out. True. Um, other thing is, it's, you know, the social aspect of it, keeping up with your friends. And, you know, and we've done this, we started new characters at the same time, and then you don't log in, so then I'm level 73 and you're still level 20. Yep. Um, it happens like that. Maybe a different person would give them kind of motivation at logging in, but... Uh, you know, the other thing that kind of keeps you going is uh, the changing content. Um, because there are storylines that change when they have new patch notes, that, when they have new patches that come out. Um, give you an example... You know, the King of Stormwind was gone for the longest time. You know, he, you do a quest and you find out he was kidnapped by the Defias. And one of the patches, you know, he's there. Hmm. He's back in. Um, the introduction of the Lich King with the new expansion. 
it's just it keeps you involved by you know keeping the storyline going by changing the events um another thing is is the various media that they use i mean for world of warcraft you got the novels um they have art the other big thing is the card game which not only can give you items you know we've talked about that um but it also kind of maybe gives a little background on the characters because you have cards in that game like the Defias or the Alder and the Squires. So there's ways to be involved with WoW without being logged on. Now there are a few things that I think kind of detract from that immersive experience and I say these things kind of based on other games that I've played like The Sims, um, there's a big one Knights of the Old Republic which is a console game and just some other role-playing games um, one thing about the lore is that there is a lot and there is immersive, but it is really hard to keep up with. I mean, I I like to read. I enjoy it. I have a hard time keeping the characters straight. And I think part of that is is because it's all text, whereas many other games you play, especially console, you're not only you're not just reading, you're watching what's happening. You know, you they'll go into a scene, you can hear the characters talking, and it just kind of sticks with you more the storyline. And you know, on that, there are a couple quests that have been that I've done in um, the Lich King expansion, where you go somewhere and you have to enter like a dream state and you watch things that happen. So you're actually watching the storyline. Now you still got to read the text that's going across. There's no spoke. There's no spoken word, but you actually get to see some kind of interaction. So you know what really happened. You know, to this guy. You're like, oh wow, this. You know, and you run off and you got to do something else but it gets you emotionally involved so now you're mad at this guy because he killed this guy's kid or something and so now you're like oh he killed him and I want to go kill him back so you get emotionally involved in that so yeah I can see that instead of just reading where people like me I skim right over the text oh and most people do I don't think there's very many people who will read the quest text before well, doing the quest There, well and that's why sites like Wowhead and um these other Thoughtbot and yeah, Thoughtbot. Yeah, that's why mm-hmm. they're making a killing off of that because people won't read that. I don't know how many times I've gone somewhere looking for like a little bit of assistance on a quest, and you know the first the first comment is what do I do here, and the next comment is well if you read the text it says do X Y Z or it says you're you know I've been all over the house and I can't find it. It's like well it says go to the east wing or it says go to the second floor or whatever. If you don't read the text, and I'm guilty of that too. Because I know a lot of times I'll be running around somewhere and I'll be like, I'll ask you. I'm like, I can't, I can't find what I'm doing. You're like, you know, link me the text, read me the text, and I read it and go, oh, oh, I'm supposed to be in west something or other, not east, you know. So, yeah, if you read, it helps definitely. Sure. Another thing, and we we've, we've talked about this a few times about the quote dumbing down the game um, that Blizzard is doing with removing a lot of the requirements, um, a lot of the class quests. And I think to some degree that kind of takes out um, the kind of rewards you get from going through that and getting a sense of what your character is and how they, what their class is like. Because, I mean, a warlock has, it's a much different kind of mindset than a rogue. Oh, completely you know, different. If you think it from a role-playing perspective. But if you, if you get rid of the class quest and you make just everything automatic, um, I think it kind of takes away from that. Um, another thing is the daily quest, you know, even though they do keep you logging in all the time, 
it gets a little bit aggravating that they're repetitive and they're not necessarily make sense to be repetitive. There's a fishing daily where um, she tells you that some guy got his arm bitten off and he have to go fish up all the the whales or something until you find one that has an arm inside of it and you bring it back and I guess they sew it back on. But how many times would that happen? <laughs> not doing a good job with that arm. No, really not. Um, ugh, it's kind of makes me cringe to think about. But, you know, the biggest thing is, is the absence of decision-making and consequences because of that. Now, I know there's a few things, like, you know, you can pick the alders or the scryers, and once you pick one, you know, you can't go back to the other. There are a few things like that in WoW, but every other role-playing game that you play, you have an option of, okay, you need an item from a person. You can attack them, you can try to pickpocket off of them, or you can try to charm them into giving it to you. And with WoW, there's no, there's no decision-making. Everything is set up for you. Even at the times when you have a dialogue that someone says, go talk to this person, you don't have an option of what to say. And I think that kind of takes away from the immersion of it. And even though I think if you were to implement a lot of that, people might get frustrated with it. Like if all of a sudden you did a quest and that changes your ability to do certain things later. People might get mad, but um, it just kind of takes away from it a little bit. It does. It reminds me there's a lot of quests where <clears throat> we're having a conversation with a guy, and you have to click on the next question you're going to ask him. There's only one choice. Oh, yeah. The only one choice. Yeah, well, well, tell me more about this. And What did his father say? And What did his sister think about it? He just click, click, click. So, yeah, there's a lot of absence of that decision-making. And the biggest, the biggest game I think that did the best with this um, is Knights of the Old Republic. Now, the basis of that game is, you know, you're Jedi, and you're trying to figure out whether you're going to be get your power from the light or from the darkness. Um, so your decisions do affect your character, but if you attack someone, then all of a sudden that group of people is hostile to you. You can't do anything else with them. And it affects, you know, the way you look, the way your other people that you group with interact with you. When you start acting evil, they start being less friendly to you. Um, the conversations that you have with your other party members, and I say that, but they're actually NPCs, when you start conversations with them, after a while, they might open up enough to you so that you can get a quest from them. But you have to be persistent with your conversation and reach a certain point in the conversation and the timeline to be able to let that happen. Um, so I do miss that because I always like to be the charismatic one. The one who would try to make peace, avoid conflict, just you know, try to talk, sweet talk someone out a bit before I resort to killing them. <laughs> talk, then kill. Talk then kill, yes. So I think overall, we're in agreement that World of Warcraft is an incredibly immersive game. And, you know, they do hit some good points, and they got some, some detractors in there. But overall, they're doing a great job on it, and the biggest thing that, that you know, that, that I would say is, just like anything else in life, taking a moderation. But just like we talked about, you know, being addicted to World of Warcraft a couple episodes ago, um... Yeah, let yourself go, but let yourself go and have a good time with it. But you always have to keep in check that it is a game. So, have fun with it. Have fun with it. I love what you're doing now with, you know, with your, with your real-life friends getting together and getting in there. That's always, in my opinion, the best way to do it is have real friends on the outside who you can talk about. And, hey, what are we going to do tonight? Let's go play World of Warcraft. Great. 
you know what, let's go out to dinner. You know, you guys can be like on a quest and have, uh, you know, being, you know, on a dungeon somewhere in an instance and have a complete fail wipe and go, oh, well, let's go to Chili's. Sounds good. And you're out, you know, no big deal. So always, you know, always keep that in check. All right. Well, I think I've talked a little enough about that. Uh, Root, do you have an auction house tip for us? I do. And uh, if you remember last week, I said I would share the one that I get a lot of hate mail or comments about. And it's, it's, a, it's a great tactic. It does require some, some advanced gold, uh, but it is a great way to make money, or gold rather, on the auction house. But you got to have some chutzpah to do it. You know, you've got to, you know, thick skin is required on this one. And also a little bit of knowledge on when and where to do something. And that is simply being able to buy out something on the auction house and completely buy out. Um, for instance, my favorite one to do this with is um, leather. Um, the Berean leather is still in pretty good high demand. And my all one of my all-time favorite things to do is get on there on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday and completely buy out everybody's leather. Completely just buy it out. I'm just gone. If it's there, I've bought it. And then on Thursday, I'm relisting it all. And I'm relisting it for a profit. Now, also on Thursday, when I go in, I'm going to buy out whatever is there, too. But this, the, the deal is you want to buy out not just what's there and then automatically relist it, because you may or may not, but you want to go in and buy out a couple days' worth or have a large amount to put on there. And I'm talking, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 items to put on there at one point in time. What happens there, and this is just the nature of the beast, if I can go in and completely buy everything out for a couple days, two, three days, whatever it is, sit on it until typically a Thursday or a Friday when the power players come back in, the, you know, the weekend warriors all show up to come in and they're going to do their tailoring or whatever. I come back in with my with my now immense amount of, of, of Berean leather, make sure there's nothing else out there in the auction house for it, and I'm going to come in and I'm going to list it pretty high. What happens at that point in time is now, number one, I'm dominating the market. If anybody else comes in, two things are going to happen. Number one, they're going to try to completely underbid me, which means they're going to be gone in no time, and I'm still going to have buyers because someone else is going to buy them out very fast. Or number two, they're going to think, you know what? If, if the leather is selling at this rate right now, I'm getting this rate too. So they'll price match what I've got out there. And it's 100% success rate. All the time I do this, it works. It's always where that's one of my big secrets when I do a large cash one. This is something that, you know, you turn three or four hundred gold into, you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand gold in no time. Just by rolling it in and rolling it out. And like I said, I get hate mail all the time because people they realize, oh, this guy just bought, you know, he bought four of my five of my leathers and now he's relisting them, he's relisting them for two to three times the amount. The secret again. You've got to go in and buy at least two days' worth to have, you know, the stock, you stock up a lot of it. And then when you do your big listing, make sure you go in one last time and clear out any inventory that's there. Now, obviously, this can't be done for everything. Uh, sometimes it's too cost prohibitive to go in and, and buy out everything. Sometimes um, there's not enough of them to begin with, or there's just not a high demand for it. So you've got to know what is in demand on your server, and you've got to know, you know, what you can afford to invest in this. It's a very short turnaround to, to make the gold. And it is one of those things that people do really, really hate. Um, because 
it's the bottom line on that is resellers aren't always looked at in the fondest light, which is why Fat Wallet is going to be such a fun character to play because he's going to be using a lot of reselling tactics uh, on the on the auction house. Um, primarily, that's what he's he's got to do. So there's going to be some other little things here and there that we'll talk about that he's going to do, but for the most part, he's going to be buying and reselling stuff on the auction house. Um, now, our add-on of the week is something that, that uh, you and I both use a version of it, and it's a, a mail mod. Uh, you use CT mail mod. Um, I use one, and honestly, I can't remember the name of it right now, but I use it, so I like it. All right, good deal. Um, I will tell you next week what it is, or you know what, even better, it'll be in the newsletter, so yeah, there you go. Now, the one I use allows me to... It's very simple. I know you use a CT mod. I'll let you talk about that because it's much more extensive than mine. Uh, the biggest thing I can do is is select all and get all attachments in one click. So when I'm dealing with the auction house and I have a lot of items coming in or a lot of gold coming in, preferably, then it's something where I click one time, get everything coming in, and jing, 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 it's all there, and I'm done. As opposed to, hey, I've got 30 items here. I've got to go through each one of these at a time. And right click, save, right click, right, whatever. I don't. I hate that. I want it to click, click. I'm done. So CT mod or the CT mail mod probably does a little more than that. So I'll let you talk about the mail mod. Well, it it does that too. Lets you select all. Um, it also keeps a log of everything that you receive and everything you send out. Um, so you can check that if you don't remember. You know who sent you what. Um, I think CT mail mod is fun to use with money foo. Okay. And you know we talked about Fubar. Oh, it was a while back, but Money Foo is one of my little add-ons that tells me how much I've gained for the session, and you know gives a total for all my characters across the round. And I just like to sit there and select all and collect my gold and like watch that little money gain this session like ding up. I think it's fun. It, you know, going back to the the whole immersive thing, people like watching little meters go up. They so. really do. So that's that's one of those things. So yeah, and this is just, these you know the, both these mail mods are just something that makes the game quicker because this is a tedious task in the game, especially if you're dealing with a lot of mail. Uh, so this will just make it very easy to get in and out of your mail pretty quick. What about uh, fishing? Fishing. Um, our fishing for wishes um, segment is again it's the dollar and fountain, where apparently lots of characters have made a wish on a coin and tossed it in. And you can pull out the coins and see what they wish. Um, so this week we have Alonsus Fowl's copper coin. And his wish is, One day I hope to spread the path of the light to the common people and teach them the value of the three virtues. So who is this Alonis guy? Well, you might have rec- recognized his name from Fowl's Rest, which is an eastern Tears Fall Glades. Um, it's very close to the Scarlet Monastery. Um, he was the head of the Holy Order of the North Shaw Clerics, and that was before the first war between the humans and the orcs. And after the destruction of the North Shaw Abbey, he fled with some other citizens to Loridon. Um, he had Uther Lightbringer as an apprentice, and they refounded the order as the Knights of the Silver Hand, which I'm sure you've heard that name. And they, he anointed Uther as the first of the paladins in Stratholm. He also helped uh, reestablish the Brotherhood of Northshire, and he died at presumably an old age before the scourge came to Lordon. Um, so there it is. You got a 
someone who pretty much served the light their whole life uh, before it got all corrupted, I believe. So that's cool. And, and you know, that's, again, we talked about the lore and being such an important part of the game. This goes back, you know, way deep in there and how things got there and where they came from. So there was, you know, when you fish up those coins, and, and just like you, a lot of people who want to know more about, you know, what those coins were, where they came from, and who they're talking about. Um, we introduced a new segment last week, the Adopt-A-Pet. And we, um, I think that's a great segment. I think it's great because you are the pet queen, and uh, you know all about them. So we're going to continue that this week, and you've got a pet for us to go adopt this week. Yes, this one is very easily attainable. It's called the Obsidian Hatchling. Now, this is one of the new ones that was instated in, in a recent patch. Um, but the difference is all the other hatchlings drop from rare spawn. It, there are rare spawn raptors that drop these pets that the pets go for about 2,000 gold in the auction house. But the obsidian hatchling is sold by the vendor, Brianny and Dollaran, for 50 gold. It's not buying and pickup. So if you see this pet in the auction house and someone's selling it for 200 gold or 2,000 gold, you know, maybe they're trying to be like Root and just get a bunch of money. But don't fall for it, you know. Get, some, get, get it yourself or get someone you trust to go to Dollar Inn and buy it for And I was you. looking at that as an actual great investment to resell on the auction house because you got people who don't know and they see hatchling and they go, oh, my gosh, this hatchling, and they've only got it for 500 gold. And you only bought it for 50 For me? That's a great investment. But apparently Freckleface doesn't think so. Well, if you, if you do decide to do that, um, you can just uh, pay for your port out of that initial investment. There you go. Port to dollar in. And I had something uh, funny this that I saw this weekend, Shatrath. You know how we saw that comedian Perry Gatner? Yeah, I remember. I saw something really similar to that. Um, there's a guy yelling about the Torrin Chieftains performing. Same place, World Ends Tavern. I went there, and this band showed up. And they had an orc singer, and they had basically one of every race of the Horde. And they sang the song, Power of the Horde. Okay. And it was the first time I've actually, like, seen a mob, like, move its mouth and hear what they're saying. Wow. Which is cool. And they had other effects, like they had lightning, they had, like, the thunder rolling, kind of like the shamans do. And it's a fire lightning thunder, and they sang, and they danced around, and it was just really neat. Now, where's this at? It's at Shatrath, the World Ends Tavern. Okay. I think it happens about every three hours, but the guy starts yelling about it um, about 15 minutes ahead of time. Perfect. So you got a little show bark and run around for the Torn Chieftains, and I'm about to go there and check out the show, because I, I do like free concerts. Oh, it's awesome. So, now... As always, any messages left either on our, on our phone line, in email, uh, on Twitter, it doesn't matter. If you are interacting and, and asking questions and stuff, we throw you into the competition for a monthly drawing for a Swag Dog t-shirt. So we've got a couple in this month, and I believe we'll be drawing for that uh, next month uh, to give away one of those shirts. Um, again, you can submit your questions to contribute at hearthcast.com. You can call our our phone at 321-558-7637. Uh, you can direct message us on Twitter, hearthcast.com. Uh, I'm sorry, twitter.com forward slash hearthcast. And, you know, just get the message to us and we will enter all those into our monthly drawing for Swag Dog t-shirt. 
And if you like this show, then please let us know. You can rate us on iTunes, send us an email, and uh, please tell your friends and your guildmates. And you can always link to us from your blog, your Facebook, um, or other social network that you might have. Now, our upcoming show, next week's show, if you want to know what it's going to be about ahead of time, go get the newsletter, because that's where we're going to talk about it. Uh, so we're actually going to change the format of the newsletter just a tad. And in the newsletter, we'll be talking about a little bit of the upcoming show stuff as well. We're also going to tweet about that, so subscribe to our Twitter feed and you'll get some advanced information on that. So until next time, this has been Root. And Freckleface. From podcast.com. Earth and fire. Heed my call. To the Warsaw clan To no matter